even hit the Grand Rapids or Kellner area I yet, say, too. Kellner I mean, has a corn fest that's yeah, we got a lot the corn of fun. Fest. And uh, Grand Rapids has the Lions Club that has amazing, they have amazing stuff going on all the time. Yeah, so. and they've every October... Mm-hmm. Or roughly around there. We always have the beer fest over there. Mm-hmm. So you can come around, sample some some good beers. Mm-hmm. And they do a run too in the, I think in the spring, summer or the spring, they do a 5K. We have we have a lot of 5K runs. You mentioned oh, yes, that. Oh, yes, we do. We have a lot of great 5K runs. Um, and, and if you need to turn it into a, a half marathon, let me know because we do know the proper route to go. Really? So that way you can do oh. it. And then connect and get to the starting line of the actual 5K. So that way you end at 3.1 miles. So you can do a half mini. Yeah, I need to I need to speak to you so I can learn the route. So. Oh, yeah. Yep, we so uh, can share it with people. My son, like I said, my son, he, he runs and he runs with JR consistently enough mm-hmm. where that's what they did one year is they did the run for autism. Mm-hmm. And they did. They ran out in the morning and they got to the starting line. They timed it out perfectly where they had like a two minute wait and then they finished the 5K and that was the end of their 3.1 miles or 13.1 mile. Wow. So they did, a, cool. they did a, they did a, they did a mini they did, marathon. They did a half. That's They did cool. a halfsy. That's way cool. It is. So, so yeah, Lake Wazicha's got that. It's a 4.1 mile mm-hmm. trail around the lake. Um, and the city of Wisconsin Rapids and Grand Rapids are partnering together to connect the rail trail. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you know, but uh, the Rapids cross-country team, the Sunday after the state cross-country meet, they do a mini marathon. I did not know that. Yeah, they do a half marathon run for any of the kids who want to do it. They have it kind of figured out where oh, they can do it. That's cool. It's kind of like the kids can go and celebrate the end of the year and they can go run a little half marathon. So they'd be kind of neat to kind of make that a little bit bigger because mm-hmm. we do have so many running clubs here in Rapids mm-hmm. that it'd be kind of neat to to do a little little half marathon. That's cool. I know Madison does a, does a mini. Well, do I've, a mini I've marathon. been asked about a try too. Could we okay. ever pull off a, a try, which is... You know, you got to um, run, you got to bike, and you got to swim. Right, but we've got Lake Wazita. Right, they they used to do that here. So, and I knew that, and and, and that's why I've been asked about it. Like, is that going to come back? And I'm like, I don't know. We have to we have to find some. I think that was coordinated through the YMCA. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. So we evolved mm-hmm. into the bridge to bridge. I bet. Is that perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps um, might have. I think they still did it. They still did the bridge to bridge, and then it was the uh, the triathlon. The triathlon. I'm not sure why that went sideways. So we'll have to look into that. We will. <laughs> okay, we're just adding things to Meredith's list of, of <laughs> like honey to do. Get the notepad. So, yeah, yep. it's all good. But yeah, it'd be kind of neat to see if you could hook up with the uh, with the cross country teams and just see if you know make that half marathon just a little bit more to kind of celebrate the end of mm-hmm. the cross country season. The city host a little mini. Yeah, that's cool. So what else is there to do in Grand Rapids and Kellner area? There's some great food, um, and there's the trails, and there's Lake Wazicha, which is is internationally known thanks to that World Water Ski Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google Lake Wazicha, and it actually pops up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So, um, and really neat about Lake Wazicha, there's only seven homes that are located that have waterfront. On one, that lake. One, of, one of them is a vacation rental. It is. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of neat. It's one of those very few lakes that everyone, because it's got the parks on on most of it, and just to have those few little homes that are actually waterfront, there's only seven homes available to go knock on a door and say, hey, would you like to sell your home? Well, and we, we have a couple of, I mean, NEPCO has you know, a, a limited amount of homes. We have mm-hmm. those places where you can live in the country and not be... And be five minutes from Walmart. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you need to get to the city or do something, you're close, but you're also really living um, and enjoying the country. Yeah, because uh, what were we talking about? Rome. Where, where do you get food from Rome? You know, you live down there. Where's the next grocery store? That's our, well, that was probably our number one question over the weekend with our new listing was, okay, so where's the nearest grocery store? And we're like, well, there's Pritzel's. Pritzel's Trading Post would be your... Your, and if you can't the find go, it, Pritzel's yeah. Trading Post would be the go-to place, right? Um, or you'd come up, you know, yep. you'd come up 13 um, to Eighth Street, and and but and it's not really up. that bad of a drive. I mean, I think it's it was a 15 minute drive. Mm-hmm. You can probably cut it down to 12. 
right? depending well, on how depending fast on you where drive. you are in town of Rome. Really, you're not, you're, yeah. you're on the north end. We're really mm-hmm. we're really not far from town of Rome at all. No. Lots and lots of family-owned restaurants. The so. farmers markets oh, are the, here are just fabulous, and too. it's on the river. Like mm-hmm. the farmers markets along the river, it's beautiful. The downtown farmers market, and the nice thing about that is the town of Rome does theirs on Fridays. I was going to say Rome has has theirs too. So I mean, and it's, Wisconsin Rapids does theirs on Saturday, so they don't conflict with each other. You can actually do both and get different things or see some of the same vendors. Um, mm-hmm. Adam, yeah, the downtown farmers market is, and we didn't talk about it. Like lunch by the river is a great summertime event and you know there's some and then Nakusa has um rendezvous at, by the rendezvous in the park mm-hmm. and and then town of rome also has has um a gathered by the gazebo gathered by the gazebo yeah in alpine village so yeah a lot of great opportunities to go and explore all of these little little towns mm-hmm. that are like awesome and great they're mm-hmm. little but they're great mm-hmm. and it just keeps going and going and going and well, we got the paper making museum year after and year. the historical museum here in rapids we have three and, oh museums goodness. in wisconsin rapids well one's in port edwards but we have three we'll still count it we have three museums in our area yeah um and one living so we really got four mm-hmm. and you you mentioned bird city we are a bird city and we have some unique things. We have a prairie chicken festival that happens in our area. It's actually coming up. It happens in April. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a virtual event this year, but um, okay. it, but uh, prairie chickens are, are rare and you can find them here. So, um, and we have some other really interesting, um, if you're, if you're into birding, we have uh, the trumpeter swans. So we of course have eagles. We have, uh, we just, we have a, a, a lot of, um, you know, places for those people who like to do birding and, and, uh, and butterflies as well. Monarchs are, mm-hmm. are popular around here. Yeah. Port Edwards. Port mm-hmm. Edwards has a monarch festival, actually. It just keeps going it and does. going. This is such a great place to live. It is. And like you said, centrally located location is such a big thing. So it, we we're using it, thinking of it as home base because we have a, a kid up in Eau Claire and another kid who travels. Um, we have family all over the state, so you can get to Madison in two hours. You can get to Eau Claire in two hours, Green Bay in two hours, Appleton in two hours. Medford in two hours. There you go. So re- really, even living here but working in the area is so convenient. Students Point Market for housing is far more expensive than here because their access to the interstate and different job opportunities over there. We find a lot of people are living here mm-hmm. and just commuting. Commuting. That double lane Highway 54 headed right over is super easy. Mm-hmm. Great. Anything else you want the listeners to know about the area? Um, no, just, you know, come experience it for yourself. We can talk about it all you want, but it's it's even more fun if you come experience yourself. So come see us and find out. So on the backside of, of Aaron's Wines and Steins, so just in case you get lost, if you're down by the river and you end up in Aaron's Wines and Steins, you guys are on the backside yep, of that? the second street side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just grab your cheesecake because they have really good cheesecake over there and um, head on over and visit you. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or just want to have a sit down and, and talk with you, just contact you over there at the Absolutely. CBB. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Email Excellent. us. Call us. Perfect. We'll get your your information out there so that way you can hopefully get some more phone calls. That would be great. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks. So that was great having Meredith from the CVB over. I mean, this is really an amazing place to live and play and work as well. It is. And, you know... It was great talking. You know, it's it's always really great to talk to someone about your hometown. Grew up in Nakusa. I really do enjoy kind of bragging about my hometown. So way to go, Nakusa. Um, so I do. I like to brag about Nakusa to all my buyers who are looking in, in the rapids and really in the port in the Nakusa area. When they go to Nakusa, I give a proper tour of Nakusa. We walk down Main Street. We stop off at the Beavers. We always make sure that everyone knows where to go for pizza. And we just, I really like taking that time just to really introduce them to downtown Nakusa because it is a really great city. And, and it is small in its hometown, but they do have everything that a proper city has. Mm-hmm. So you can still get all of the amenities and all the services, great police, fire department, full functioning city maintenance department. 
you know, they've got the splash pad, they've got a grocery store, a couple of gas stations. You know, and, and even when you're you're introducing new people to to a town, we see this a lot and I always do it in Akusa. We always do the whole entire turn by the pool. Well, the pool hasn't been there for, for years, but everybody knows But when you say you turn by the by the pool, you know that you're going to be on the corner of Market and Section Street. And if it's just a well-known statement. And if you're new, you will you will learn. You're right. You learn and you're like, okay, there's a pool here. I'm like, oh no, they tore it down like 10, 15 years ago, but it's a really beautiful park right now. But that's, if you hear someone say turn by the pool, that's what we mean. And we can even take it further back and say the paddy wagon. It's no longer there, but there is a business there. Oh, you're going way back. I go way back. Awesome. Yeah, this is a great place to work. There's so many things that that make this area so special. And I'm glad that, you know, we're now getting back to being outdoors and events and getting all of the stuff rolling again. Right. And I know that last summer, that was going to be my goal of if we didn't have any showings planned to wake up and go explore a certain part of Port Nakusa, Rome, Rapids, or even any part of the state of Wisconsin, just to go out and do something fun and to learn a little bit more about the area. And then COVID hit and everybody kind of stayed close to home. And the nice thing is we were able to get our house ready to be sold and we did sell it during the, during the COVID season. But again, you know, again, this year, I'm really, I'm looking forward to those Saturdays or even a Sunday of just wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to go here instead. And I'm going to just go and explore and have a good time and be outside. And that's fantastic. It's a perfect place to go. Like I said, you know, we're centrally located so we can venture out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then to start even thinking of as far as business and industry, it, Wisconsin is just phenomenal. It is. I mean, we, we've got Metallica coming in, you know, we've got, um, what is that? The Mariani food service and mm-hmm. whatnot. I mean, there, there's, there's just so many little gyms like that. And then it's all over too. It, so Wisconsin, thinking a little bit bigger picture, if you go out east toward the lakes, you've got all of the shipbuilding services out there, all the steel manufacturing. Well, and you look at even businesses trying to do a conference where they may be stationed in oh, Green mm-hmm. Bay, but they've got people come from the Twin Cities. You got people coming from Chicago. You get someone from, you know, up north and in the in the Uper, and the best really location to be is in central Wisconsin. So it it we do attract companies that are not really from Rapids, but because we are centrally located, that once they start drawing lines, all the lines cross through Rapids, and they're like, let's just have our conference, let's go meet everybody in Rapids, so that way we can get all get together. Everybody's driving the same amount of distance. And sometimes it is a little bit about the neutral territory. Well, and that's that's kind of one of our secrets is that you come for these other reasons, but you stay because you find out you love the place. Mm-hmm. We're that, that little neck of the woods that's just perfect to live in. It is. So let's talk a little bit about the market, okay. shall we? Oh, it was crazy busy this weekend. Yeah. Are we talking about that type of market or are we just talking, where are we going with this? Well, we can talk about our local okay. market. Crazy busy weekend. I mean, it was it was fabulous. So this is a pre-recorded show. So we uh, today is the twenty fourth. It's mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Yes, this past weekend was crazy. Why was it crazy for you? We had a new listing that hit the market, and within ten hours, we had over twenty five showings. We had thirteen offers on one home, and it was just kind of it was a crazy day. We had people calling, we had people texting, we had people Facebooking. We did three, well, I personally did three virtual tours for families who couldn't make it, but they wanted to see the house. And even we had other agents driving, coming to see the house and doing virtual tours. So I think we ended up with maybe 10 virtual tours Mm -hmm. over the weekend. And we had agents and brokers calling from out of state as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicagoland area. I think there was a few from uh, Minnesota or Twin Cities and whatnot. Yeah. So one of the things with our listing presentation that we focus on is Codal Banker's ability to be, you know, national and international as well. And the, how we have this, so much of that, that reach 
And especially since Coldwell Banker is such a well-known brand, mm-hmm. you know, and we do our little bit here being an affiliate brokerage where we're still Coldwell Banker by name, but it's Seawert Realtors being the family part of it. And we do, we, we have the little diagram in our listing presentation of this is how far buyers might be seeing your property. And we, we can vouch for that, especially this weekend was a 100% true. Right. And just even what we're able to do as far as if you're not able to come to the home, we can do a virtual tour. We will take you through that home so that way you do get that sense of it and be able to see size-wise. Because pictures, I mean, the pictures were, were great. They were fabulous. We had three offers that sight unseen. They just love the pictures. And they're like, we want this house. And I think the uh, the 3D or 360 virtual um, tours where, where it's online-based, but you can click through, you know, at, like the Zillow home tour, for example, is mm-hmm. is a style of tour that's really accessible. And I think that generates a lot of interest. But you're taking it one step farther where we actually do a FaceTime or a Zoom or something like that. Right. And we're walking people through the, the home. And yeah, too, we are keeping the homeowner up to date of what is going on with their home. You know, we started off with, okay, things are going, you know, it's a little slow. Then all of a sudden we got kind of crazy busy. We checked in with them to make sure that they were good. Because they were taking a little bit of a family vacation that weekend. Because mm-hmm. we forewarned them that it was going to be going to be fast and furious. We just weren't, we were a little surprised on the whole entire fast and furious. It was, it was more than what we're expecting. Um, and I think this springtime market is going to be a whole lot of that. So if you're a buyer, be ready with your pre-approval, with all of your finances in line and be willing to work with what your agent is saying of, you've got to do this now if you want this house, this is going to be, we're writing the offer on the park bench on the park down the street. Right. And we did, we got to see that, that happen. We sent a whole bunch of people up to Hoozles and let them write offers over there. Or even we did one out, out on the patio, but we had offers being written right there Agents were coming with offers in hand. All they had to do was fill out the last little bit and dropped it off to us as they were leaving. And it was a, it was really great to see what was going on. And we're seeing a lot of uh, creative things being written to offers as well. And one of the creative things that we may suggest to our buyers is that the buyer pays all of the taxes for the year. Right. And, you know, depending upon the buyer, we don't suggest it to everybody. Right. You know, we always want to be be careful because we want to make sure that your offer stands out, but at the same time, we don't want to put our buyers in a financial hardship. Right. And everyone's at at a different point in their fiscal relationship as well. Mm -hmm. So what's going to work for one buyer isn't going to work for the next. And we we do want them to get the house, but there's no way that we're going to suggest overstressing you financially to do so. That's just not responsible. Right. And we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll, we always take that in, into consideration once we, we have conversations. I mean, when we talk with a family about what they're expecting out of a home, by the time that we hit about hour two, hour three of talking, we get that great understanding. Okay, well, this is what they're capable of doing as far as repairs. This is where their budget's going to be. So depending upon how things look is where we're going to kind of make those great suggestions when it comes to offer writing time of what are we going to do? We're outside the box. How creative can we be to put you in the best position? And I kept using the phrase over the weekend, give me your best. I didn't say highest offer. I don't want to see your your highest and best. I want to see your best offer. So your best offer may not be the highest one on the table, but it may be more appealing because we're going to be doing a few other unique things. Um, sometimes even the inspection type contingencies being uh, not putting those into the offer if you're comfortable enough. And one of the things we may suggest is if you have a family friend that is in the trades that would be knowledgeable on those things, bring them to the showing. Mm-hmm. And they can give at least, you know, a, a second set of eyes to see what you, maybe some obvious things that someone who's not in those trades wouldn't see. Or and, it may be one of those things where we may not have that time for that that second showing. Right. You're going to put it in there. We always suggest, you know, put in put everything in first. 
you know, put in that home inspection, put in the radon test, put everything in. Once it gets accepted and you go home and you start to think about it of, okay, well, you know, Uncle Jim's an electrician. So if there's anything electrical, Uncle Jim can take care of. We've already talked to him. He's willing to to help out once I get the home. Okay, well, Jim knows a plumber. I might be able to do do some some trade with with that plumber. And now as you're you're kind of talking about it, you're like, you know what? I think I'd feel comfortable not doing that home inspection. So it's easier to wave off than try to turn around and say, hey, now I homeowner, now I would like to have that home inspection. I know I didn't want it before, but now I do. Yeah. Usually people wouldn't be so willing to do that after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they think, well, you should have had your ducks in a row in the in the beginning, or you're wishy-washy. Now I'm not sure how strong this offer really is. Oh my goodness. Right. So we always suggest to put those, put those in. And once it gets accepted, we can have that conversation of, okay, so when it comes to the home inspection, how do you feel? Do you want to still continue moving forward with it? Or would you just like to wave it off? And once we wave it off, there's, we can't go back. And we, we don't want to demand this of the buyer either, because it, it's totally your right to include the home inspection contingency in the offer. And it's, it's really a good thing to have because the home inspectors are professionals, they're third party, and they're we going to put not, themselves in that position to see things that we're, we don't or we can't or we don't right. know. Well, we're, we're not home inspectors. We're not licensed plumbers, electricians, roofers, contractors. We're, we're not. We can see obvious things that are right. defects. The, the nuances is why the home inspectors are there. Right. And that's where, you know, bringing someone in to kind of take a look at it, to tell you as a new homeowner, especially if you're new, new to buying a home, you might need that home inspector to explain mm-hmm. these different systems in the house, this different uniqueness. And you might have the questions. They're the ones who are really going to be able to answer it. I am not because I'm probably just going to look at you and say, yeah, um, doesn't look right to me. I would rip it out. It's just a weekend project. It's just a you weekend can just project. To, to, just totally rip it out. Um, yeah. So as a personal example with being on a septic now, mm-hmm. I have never been in a house as far as living in a house that had a septic. I know that, you know, people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously this was built with that. You know, there's 7,000 people in Grand Rapids who are living in on septics and they're doing just okay. They're doing fine. But I didn't know some of the nuances. So having the, um, you know, the option to do a septic inspection, that way we would know what the condition of the system is, or at least roughly, you know, get those big things out of the way. Have the septic inspection say, well, yeah, it is good. Or these are the things that we're going to have to look for in the next five years, 10 years, maybe. It's maybe not feeling right now, but here are some key points. Yeah. Um, what, radon is another one. Mm-hmm. Radon's kind of hit and miss, and we don't know a lot about radon. Just that it's in the area. It's you know that um, comes from the ground, but different types. Is it more important to have that radon done in a basement or a crawl space or even on a, a on slab? A slab. Mm-hmm. So you know if if you're really keen on maybe those cancerous things had run in your family, and radon is kind of a, uh, make or break for you, definitely included in the offer. I know a lot of our buyers ask, well, Carrie, if it's, you know, if it was you, what would you do? Well, there's me. But but Carrie, you're, you're going to go to your own house that you like. Right. I'm going to go to my own home that I do like that, you know what, if I don't like something, I'm just going to go find the hammer and crowbar and I'm just going to pull it right on out of the house. I might think a couple days later that it might not was, might not have been the best idea. Or, you know, maybe that really just was not the best idea. See, but but me standing here as your husband and co-owner of the property, I do understand that you know the difference between something that's load-bearing and is going to break down the house and something that's just cosmetic. Yeah, I just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the stairs to get done. I want something colorful on the stairs. Go right ahead. We are in the process of now doing the next phase of renovations in our basement. When we say the next phase of renovation in the basement, it's really not the next phase of renovation in the basement because there is no crowbar, there is no hammer, 
Yeah, you, you haven't been in the basement the last couple of days. So I'm creating my studio now in the second half of the basement. So we've been moving things and um, adjusting the position of things in the walls and furniture around and starting to be painting. I still see the paneling up. So if it was like the proper phase, I'd be down here ripping out that paneling. Right. That's more like phase four and phase five. Okay. Well, that's where I'm starting. Yet. That's where I'm going to start is phase <laughs> one is the paneling's coming out. We're going to put up some nice walls. We're going to, you know, put in some new walls, put in some insulation, make it look really pretty. I'm thinking French doors to divide one side of the basement from the other. I definitely do agree with the French doors. As long as they're they're glass, mm-hmm. I'll let you have the privacy screen yet too. We'll do some nice, cute little fabric to do it. Black. We might do Star Trek. Painting it black. Situation. Yeah, I, I, I do fancy the Star Trek. We'll do Star Trek on one side and Star Wars on the other side, so that way it's a little bit of a dual purpose. So talking about the local market, okay, we can get back to, to back to the market. Back to the Star Wars later. Yeah. Okay. Up on my screen, I have the current inventory here of the evening of Wednesday, the 24th of March. In the Wisconsin Rapids area, active and available, so with no offers on them. In all price ranges, how many do you think? I'm going to go with 18. 19. Ooh, I was close. So a few more came on since I last checked. From 34,900 to 729,000. Excellent. 19. Yep. And I noticed that we had a couple new ones that came on the market in that between that 135 and 150 price range. So originally, like earlier in the week, there was nothing. We had something. I think it was like sixty five thousand was was the next was there, and then the next one up was two fifty. So we've actually gained a little bit in that mid mid range. We currently have four in that mid range. Nice. Uh, one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty thousand. Excellent. And I'm pretty sure by the end of tonight they're going to have offers on them. I would take a wild guess with that or that. Middle of tomorrow, yeah. I'd say by noon tomorrow, some of those might be gone. But the one thing that we have started to notice is sellers doing the they'll construct a buffer time in there, right? They they do. So the sellers they have been burnt in the past about this whole entire we want to have an answer by noon, the same day that the house is listed, and they may have been the showing at four o'clock. So the house is already off the market. They got excited about it. They got the appointment. They're thinking they're, hey, we're going to go take a look at this awesome home. And then only to find out that it's got an accepted offer and they never got a chance to do it. So we're seeing sellers say to their listing agent, can you hang on to all the offers for 48 hours? I want people to come in and take a look at my home. I want them to see it. I want to see how this, how this home is going to perform on the market Instead of that first buyer walking in and going, I'm buying it, and we're going to make them, I want an answer within two hours. So, there. I mean, we understand that people work, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, maybe it'll create, I don't want to say a bidding war, but definitely a a, a, a great situation for a good variety of offers if you mandate that they have to wait a little bit. Right. Well, and it's going to give those buyers a chance to take a look at the home, go home and think about it for a day or think about it for 10 hours instead of having the time from when they leave the home to they walk to the car to the first stop sign, they need to be calling their agents and say, yep, I want to make an offer. It's going to hopefully give that a little bit of a breathing room of I want buyers to take a look at it. I want them to be able to come and do a second showing. I want them to bring another family member along because if it's that first time home buyer, they're overwhelmed. It, it's a scary market for a first it time. Is. Mm-hmm. So having that natural, having that buffer in there, I think is going to be really good for the area and for the market. And it's, it's really not going to hurt the seller, I don't think. No. And it's really not going to hurt the buyers except that you're now in a situation where you're going to have the potential of 
more competition, more mm-hmm. more bids against you or and whatnot. Um, and I think a lot of buyers might be um, apprehensive of the bidding war phenomenon, which it's not like an auction. You know, you're you're not all in the same place, and it's not who's going to be heard the loudest. It's you're you're putting in your offer for consideration, like you would anyway. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put in the best offer that's mm-hmm. going to be good for you as the buyer for what you're you're capable of doing. And the sellers can accept it, reject it, or, or counter. counter. And usually it's just one counter because you do have the, the multiple offers or it's mm-hmm. not going to be days and of, you know, we heard those horror stories from the heavily saturated markets back in the day where the there would be negotiations back and forth for like five, six reps back back and forth. It's not that anymore. So it's not the auction. And really what, what's the worst that could happen is you get rejected an offer. Right. And we're still looking at the buyers and saying, okay, great. You know, let's go take a look at this house. They want to make an offer on it. And we're still looking at them going, okay, well, it, we're not going to hear about it for 48 hours, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep looking. Even though you have an offer on the table, I want you to keep looking because if your offer doesn't get accepted, we're having you keep looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think secondary offers are, are becoming more popular, that, that sellers are accepting secondary offers? I don't think secondary offers are going to hurt anyone. Um, we've seen that now a couple times where some of our offers were being asked if they wanted to be in secondary. We've seen it too, where it's the secondary position is, is a good position to be in, but at the same time, you have to be careful with those secondary offers. Right. There are plenty of nuances with that as well. Right. There's, it's a whole different, it's a different kind of a ball game to be in that secondary position. It is good to have it. If something would happen to that first offer, you never know what's going to happen with them. So that way you do have that pile of, that pile of people who are interested in it. And it's one of those things too, where we get the list of people who did see the home, something happens to that offer. We can still go back to the people who did write offers and say, hey, something did happen. Are you still interested? Then the, the whole negotiating process can start all over again. Mm-hmm. So it could go either way. And again, that's very individual to the individual sellers. Right. Or individual buyers who want to um, be in that secondary position. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. The market land. 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 I love land. Okay. So how many do you think we have in the Wisconsin Rapids area that are active without offers, all price ranges? 132. 139. Ooh. Very good. I am not getting good with these numbers today. Between, actually, you're pretty close. Okay. You're you're very close. So between 5,900 and 879,000. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. Average days on market are 597 to year and a half, almost two years average. So land is a whole different animal. It is. And there are builders who are still building, Mm -hmm. but it, it's like, like I've been saying, either you pay for the things up front, you pay for, for what you want up front, or you pay less and build into it. So you you find an existing structure that's not quite where you want it to be and you make it your own. Mm -hmm. But paying for everything up front as in new construction would give you is going to be a little bit more expensive. It is. But we can find you a piece of land. We can. So now that's that's kind of the factor of where does that piece of land fit in? So if you can build for 180,000, where are you going to put it? Are you going to put it on the $5,000 piece of land? Or the $50,000 piece of land. Well, and then there's also the, what can you do with the land? What type of land? So, you know, if there's covenances and restrictions, you might not be able to put on that two-story home that you would like, or you might not be able to just use the land as your campsite. 
So we've mm-hmm. seen a, a little bit of, of a shift in in land from our past experience where they're looking at it of, I want to be able to use this as a place for my family to go to. This is going to be in the family. We want to turn this into our campsite. So camping needs to be allowed and RV needs to be allowed. We also would like to have a well and a septic system put in so that way we don't have to worry. We can just leave the campers there. For for the summer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes more of a permanent situation. Many times we'll see with the covenants, restrictions, you can have a camper there for six months. Right. But then it has to be taken off and, and put somewhere else. Right. So, I mean... Land, like we, we say, is, is a totally different animal and a totally different, we need to know what you're going to be doing with the land. And we don't, we need to know so that way we can kind of direct you into the area that you need to be in. Because if we have covenants and restrictions of you cannot have a camper on it completely, no camping allowed, to you can have tent camping, to... No, this is, we're not even doing tent camping. This is only for a structure. Here's the rules with the structure. This has to, as soon as you start working on it, you have so many days and to complete. Right. And then what type of building can you put on it? Mm-hmm. And it may have to conform to certain things. Um, another popular one is that the outbuildings have to conform to a similar design as the main structure. Or you can't have an outbuilding. Everything has to be attached. Fences, no fences. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of unique questions that we get to ask buyers when they say, okay, I want to buy a piece of land. That is great. We're going to help you to do it, but you just need to understand we're going to be asking a whole bunch of questions to find out how you're going to be using that because even in our offer to purchase, we almost have to define that out as far as this is what we want to do with it. We might need to go get approvals in order to do that. And we always want to make sure that those approvals can be met because otherwise you're going to be buying a piece of land that you can't use it for. And then, uh, so we have a, for instance, because we've got some lots in the city Mm -hmm. up for sale. And part of that might be getting the infrastructure to your property. Right. So kind of guiding you through who's going to pay for and maybe how much that's going to cost. Maybe you don't want to take on that cost of bringing up those utilities now into this new road that they're going to have to construct for you to access it. Even though right now it's technically a road and it's gravel, but it's not paved. And the city services, the sewer and water and gas would be plumbed underneath that road. So you're going to be taking on some of the infrastructure costs as well versus other lots in the city that we also have available just down the street, by the way. Just down the street, right around the corner. Has everything already up to the curb. Right. And so it's just, it, it's that matter of, okay, well, what are we going to use it for? And having those, the questions, you know, even if you do the, well, we just want to buy it now. And eventually in five years, this is what we're looking at doing. So here's our our long-term build plan. Well, we want to make sure that that long-term build plan is still going to be something that can be done. Because we, again, we don't want to sell you a piece of land that you're going to find out that you cannot do what you want to on it. And then we're going to have to sell it. And like we just saw, land doesn't sell as fast as a residential property does mm-hmm. with a house on it because they're, you still have to build your asset onto that. But you do have some opportunity in your long game, like you just said. Maybe you want to be eventually out in the Lake Wazicha area. Well, we can get you a, a lot that's two blocks off the lake. You, you, you might have to, again, look at those covenants and restrictions to see what if it's in your plan to do that, but hey, now you have this lot, it's in your name. You could spend a few thousand to pay for it now mm-hmm. and then build on it later once prices and building and all that jazz gets a little bit less expensive. And we've just seen someone who just they they purchased this nice, beautiful piece of land. They're doing they're doing this this nice build. And so they came into the office and said, This is what I'm gonna buy this piece of land. I'm super excited about it. I drove past it a couple times. 
And right away off the top of my head, I'm like, is it buildable? She's like, well, I think so. I'm like, you need to find that out. You need to find out if it's buildable. They're like, oh, we're just going to use it for hunting land. Great. I'm glad. But if you're going to build on it, are you making sure that you can put a septic system on there? What type of septic system can you put on there? Where is, where is, is everything kind of located on this very large piece of land? And she's like, oh, I never thought of that. I'm like, good questions to be asking of, okay, this is great. I want to support you. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. But in the long term, do you know where the driveway is going to go? Can that driveway get put in there? How many other hoops from right. the municipalities in the state are going to have to go through in order to just put a driveway in? Right. You know, is there, is there a ditch? Is there water there? Do you need to have like a culvert put in so that way the water can still flow? That's just the driveway questions. We haven't even gotten to, you know. The actual land use. Right, the land use. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, these are questions I never really thought of. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to burst the bubble, but let's think about this. You know, can we just stop and think and go, okay, well, let's take a look at the map. Where is it situated? Do we have a buildable site? Have you talked to someone? She's like, oh, well, maybe I should. I'm like, yep, you should. Oh, my gosh. Real estate is so complicated, it Carrie. Is. Well, that's why we're here to help that's you. That's why we're here. And sometimes it's just asking the questions. Right. And, and we do have some tools to help indicate, you know, like the DNR wetland map. Yes. We can illustrate to you on this open source, open, uh, public accessible website that you, anyone can go look at with the DNR. And it'll show you where the wetland areas are. Um, known wetland soils, uh, some delineation markings, those types of things, to kind of get a, an idea of what challenges you might be facing. So you can start asking those proper questions. Yeah. So that's what we kind of did. We, we spent just a few minutes, you know, going the whole entire, here's the DNR website. This is, you know, just let's just look at this a little bit further. I think this is a really great idea. The nice thing is, you know, we looked at it, we found out where we're, where we think that there could be a building site. She's already talked with a couple builders. She's, she's pretty good. She's, she's, she's happy. And we're super glad that they were able to get the land and very excited to see what they do with it. I think all the builders are, and even as national trends are going, um, new construction is starting to increase a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, this year is going to be, again, the National Association of Home Builders is saying this is going to be another really great year for building new houses, which in theory sounds like it's going to relieve some of the strain in the general housing market. But with the building backlog, these have been, um, like you said, planned construction for a couple of years now. So it's not going to alleviate all of the pressure on the normal housing market. But it's still a very, very good sign. And it's a good sign of jobs and general economic recovery as well. And I think that'll transfer through the rest of, rest of the housing industry. Right. And even just getting, you know, the land, building something on there, it's going to be a return investment. Yeah. It's just going to be really, really good. And you might be able to start with the outbuildings, start with the garage. Uh, we've seen a property that's come on the market that's uh, getting some interest now. Mm -hmm. And it, it has the garage with uh, pseudo living quarters up above it. But yes. that's not from our firm. And I haven't been on the property, so I don't know much about it, but it seems to be an example. Yes. You know, the, it was something that they started. I think the family moved away and uh, now they're, they're looking at selling the, the land. So what else do you got for uh, the market? So the market, National Association of Realtor News. Okay. okay. From the national market, Robert from the National Home Builders Association is saying that we're looking at this as the start of a flip away from being a seller's market. Definitely not this year. Key indicators, like we've been saying, are going to be watching your interest rates and keeping tabs on lumber prices. And we've seen that increase quite a bit. There's going to be a slight cooling of the market, and it'll start to stabilize there's still going to be a huge amount of growth here in 2021. Mm -hmm. So the uh, 
let's see, Rob from the Mortgage Bankers Association is also saying good economic growth, especially with the vaccines and opening up of local economies. I mean, we, we've had this artificial compression of the market here for the last year because of the pandemic. And now that it's easing up, everything's going to get back and rolling, and you'll see a lot of growth potential back across the country. Mortgage rates, you know, so this opening up of the economy is going to put pressure on the mortgage rates mm-hmm. so that it's not going to be just jacked way up. It's going to slowly and easily grow in. I think we're starting to see that as far as the last couple couple buyers we've talked to. You know, we, we've seen them start to increase a little bit more. Three and 3.2. Yes. You know, so it's, it's not the crazy 1.8 and 2% that we had seen in the heat of last year. Right. So this is good, mm-hmm. and at stabilization, sta- stability is a key thing that's economically proven. Yes. So let's see, survey from modernize.com. Okay. Okay. They're questioning what's going to happen with all the stimulus and tax returns coming into the market all at once. So one of their surveys is saying, let's spend it on home improvement projects. That's why the National Association of Home Builders is really keying in on what is the lumber price going to start doing mm-hmm. as an economic factor. So what type of home improvement projects do you think are the most popular? I am going to go with either a kitchen or a bathroom. Kitchens and baths. Yep. And right. perhaps if they have the basement space, dedicating an office area so that they can move it out of their closet. Very good. We got to get those offices out of the closets. The clawfice. <laughs> you roll your eyes like that. But it is a thing, you know, and more people are working from home. You know, like we we're discussing before, they find out they can work from any home that has internet. Right. Well, even here in, in the house, we want to be able to have a place for, for you and, and all of your, I'm going to call it tech stuff. Right. So with, I mean, with all the cords and the cables and the right. fanciness, and if it gets spilled on, that's not going to be a good day for anybody. Right. I mean, I I look at boxes has been pretty good. She's yeah. she does have a habit of chewing on cords. Well, she's a cat, so she's a cat. She doesn't know any better. But you know, as we're you know, we look down the road as far as you know, grandkids, that sort of thing, and this is going to be you know pretty much the heart of our family you know, having that dedicated space to be able to close everything off so that way your stuff doesn't, the tax stuff does not get disturbed. We can still leave it up, but we can still close it off and still have a decent space for family activities. You know, and psychologically, that's always a, a good thing to do is having a dedicated space that you can close the door and walk away from work mm-hmm. and then do personal stuff. Yep. So you can personally grow and be healthy. Yep. So close the closet door. And keep your work in the closet, right? Right? With the suits and ties. So another big trend is reiterating that cash is key. And and they're not just talking about cash for you've got $400,000 that you can just write a check for a new property. Okay. Because there's hardly anybody that can do that. Everyone really needs some financial help with these huge things. And that is okay. Right. Understanding how much cash you have on hand to do things like down payments, to do things like uh, earnest monies, <clears throat> because having a, a little bit higher of an earnest money we found kind of relates to uh, a sense that you are more stable and are more likely to financially be able to get the mortgage in the first place. Correct. And bankers like to see that because it's more stability that you can repay the mortgage in full in the 15 or 30 years. Right. They're also saying that cash is key and maybe gifts from family. So family members gifting you some of that, you know, instead of, hey, let's get you the KitchenAid for your your home warming gift. Well, before you get the home, maybe we'll give you 500 bucks or a thousand, something like that. You know, going to the family and saying, hey, for Christmas, you know, how about just looking forward to helping me with my house because I want to move within the next year. And we've seen that too with the last couple, you know, a couple of families that we talked to. They were looking at a home that was outside the price range. 
And, and, and not a lot outside the price no, range. No, it wasn't much outside the price range. And I did the, well, if your parents wanted to kick in a little bit, you know, make sure you track it. So if you go home and the parents are like, yes, we want to be able to have you close to us. And in order to get that, you know what, I want to gift you some money so that way it's not, that house will not become a financial burden for you but we want to help out. So we're going to gift you some money so that way you can get that home. We always do the whole entire, that is great. Talk with the lender because the lender loves to track the money. Of course. They need to know where the money is coming from. So it might be just as simple as mom and dad just write a letter stating that, you know, talk with the lender, find out what needs to be put in the lender and that letter of just, you know, we gifted this to them. And then the money can be tracked. Paper trail, you know, if it's not written down, it didn't happen. Right. All that jazz. Now, the the cash part and the saving up for is, I mean, financial experts have been talking about this ad nauseum forever. Mm-hmm. Watch what you spend. Find ways to be creative with your money and your spending so that you can save. One of my favorite bankers, his favorite phrase to me all the time was needs versus wants. Oh, my mother said the same thing. My my lender, he was he was really great. I, I loved him every single time I would go go to him and he'd look at me, he goes, is this a need or is this a want? And can you tell me the definition? So it was kind of driven into me on a weekly basis of needs versus wants. And so I'm like, well, yeah, I need it. He's like, so is it going to improve your life? Or did you just try to take a want and switch it into a need? I'm like, wow, you're pretty good at this. He must have been a parent. He was. He was. All right. Well, I I am good. I guess we're going to have to stay tuned to see what you are going to be doing in the, in the basement with your your stage one or step one of the basement remodel. So hopefully you're taking some before and after pictures and getting them up on the Facebook. The, the social medias, of course. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to have some of that. Um, I'm working outside in the out in the yard. So we got some yard work going on too. Today we can't do it because it's raining. But we're going to take some pictures of the outside to see what's been going on there. So I guess maybe next week we do a little bit of catch up of what our home improvement projects are looking like. Well, spring showers, spring flowers, all that, all that good stuff's coming along the line. Exactly. And we're going to be really surprised at what kind of spring flowers we get here at the new house. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I know. So check us out online. You can go to myrapids.com and look at all of the listings that are available. Send us an email if you'd like at myrapidsradio at gmail.com. And yeah, we hope you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day. (laughs) 